Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. Great, fun episode today. We have Basito, Maggie of Basito, which is a very cool new technology, new vape, very LA, sexy AF, if you will. I sat down with her in her beautiful Santa Monica office and we got real, we got authentic. Uh, so if you're looking for a different alternative to the 510 thread, something that's gonna maybe hit a little better and look a little cooler, look no further than Basito. Before we jump into the episode, I want to talk a little bit more about debt. It is crazy times in the cannabis industry and no one is getting paid. If this is you, if the dispensaries, if MedMen won't pay you, if you can't get paid from your supplier, etc., etc., you may want to consider some debt. Bespoke Financial, bespokefinancial.com, they offer a really, really interesting accounts receivable product. So they will lend directly against your accounts receivable invoice. It's very simple, very creative. And if you're in this cash crunch, this cannabis cash crunch right now, you really should give them a call. Shout out Judson, go talk to Judson. Thanks for supporting independent media guys, bespokefinancial.com. All right, let's get into the episode with Maggie of Pasito. You're gonna learn a ton, I learned a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Let's get you started on easy one. What is Pasito? Pasito is means little kiss, mm -hmm. first of all. And it is a cannabis products company that I started three years ago this week. Um, and earlier this year, we launched three SKUs of a beautiful vaporizer. Uh, all of our blends have two to one uh, a ratio, high in CBD. And the idea, back to the little kiss, is basically um, control and having that kind of like little buzz of a kiss mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily not getting much. as high as possible. Yeah, it's not like a wet, sloppy Make French out. kiss. Mm -mm. It's like just a little, mm -hmm. it's like how you would kiss like your aunt or something. Is that the uh, idea or no? Maybe not your aunt. That's too much. <laughs> too little. Okay. So <laughs> it's more exciting than it's that. It's more sexy than that. <laughs> yes. I won't go there. Um, so everyone and their cousin has a vape company, mm -hmm. right? My barber has a vape company. Of course. Why vapes? Yeah, so it started a while ago, and it was um, a few reasons. From a business perspective, it was the fastest growing category, of course. It made a, a sense as the market was changing into our rec market. And also for our target and thinking about kind of mainstream cannabis and a new consumer and control, vape was the perfect ingestion method in that it's safer than smoking, but you still get those immediate effects and avoid that whole edible, uh, you know, is Delay. it working? Let yeah. me have a few more. And so it's really good um, for a new consumer, a new buyer, or for the more seasoned cannabis consumers. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of a, we've heard like a first aid kit, good for the daytime, good for work. Mm -hmm. Unofficially, mm -hmm. um, so so that's how we landed on vape as our first product. Got it. Um, what year was that? When did you start? I started it three years ago. Okay, um, but we launched nine months ago. And three years ago, when you looked at the landscape, tell me about what vapes were out there, and more importantly, what was wrong with them. Yeah, it was. I mean, overall, the landscape was. Um, 
a little bit scary as I, and I've always loved weed deeply. And so um, I understand the world and the culture, but as I thought about like my friends who, you know, like it when it's around, but they weren't actively buying it for years like I was, when I thought about them coming in, not much was appealing to them. Um, a lot of very masculine, very black, dark packaging, and all the messaging, of course, was about getting as high as possible. Potency, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like consumers deserve options. Mm-hmm. I really think that. And um, there weren't a lot of ratio. CBD wasn't getting love, and we really believe they're better together. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we saw, we did a ton of consumer testing, a whole summer of um, insights. And people were confused by the systems. They'd get a 510, you know, battery and yeah. a PaxPod or um, mixing them up. And so not even all the 510s work together. There you go. Which is bizarre. Like, anyway, exactly. Um, so we designed an all-in-one uh-huh. with that in mind for simplicity. Yeah. And then the other thing that we heard was they all roll off the table. Yeah. Oh, they. Okay. Yeah. It's childproof. Okay. I'm a child, so. <laughs> Um, and so we, we solved for that by making it hexagonal. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's kind of inspired by a pencil, doesn't roll, and super unique, and of course, simple to use. So right out the box, ready to go, pre-charged. Um, and then lastly, on the oil side, we, we really believed in no fillers, no additives, you know, and that, of course, we've seen become increasing priority this year. Um, so you know this, but this is very cool. Thank you. Right. Um, and obviously you took a lot of time in the design phase of what this looks like. Right? We did. Tell me about that process a little bit. I mean, I, it, hardware is grueling. Like it's cliche, but hardware is hard, right? Like tell me about this. Yeah. Um, we had, we have an, a creative director, Eli. So a lot of it starts there in-house. Eli made sure to ask me before he left. He said, um, ask her how much I've changed her life. <laughs> that's that's what he wanted me to Did ask. Really? That's, that's true story. That's true story. Significant. <laughs> <laughs> He's the very best. Um, what did I say? The question was about this beautiful design. Oh, yes. And how you came to it. So it was... Um, Hardware is hard, as you say, but I would say it's especially hard in a nascent industry. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't even nascent yet because it was 2017, early 2017. Um, And so figuring out, you know, waiting for laws, waiting for licensing to roll out, figuring out a compliance supply chain with partners that we trust um, and designing our formulations and hardware together Mm -hmm. uh, took year and a half how many iterations of this design were there so many uh a hundred fifty fifty yep and did you know from the beginning that you wanted this kind of no a hex you mean yeah no that's what i mean we had so many designs on cylinders which of course everyone else was doing so that's kind of where we started and then we got creative with and did you always think disposable was that the idea no we started with that because of that simplicity but that's something we'll probably kind of expand beyond in the future got it because you're like a very cool la brand right very but you must get a lot of shit 
for being a disposable. Yeah, I, um, it's something we've heard and we care a lot about is sustainability is built into our values. And so, uh, like I said, we're, we're revisiting the uh-huh. system as well as the packaging. Yeah, but for today, you've chosen to do this to ensure a quality experience. Is that the idea here? Is that why you started... And simplicity because of the mix match systems that were confusing new consumers. This makes it easy. Um, And, you know, it's it's half a gram. So it's 200 hits. Mm -hmm. So is that how much half a gram? is? Yeah. So some people are with it for months. Tell me that number. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't want to know. I don't count my hits. Um, But some people really do. That's an important thing. And so it's with people for months. And the other the other thing is we thought about it like an accessory. Uh If it's something you're going to carry around use it every day or every weekend yeah. yeah it should be beautiful and it, you know? kind of expressive of other parts of your life so tell me about the technology a little bit because the other very cool looking vaporizer i don't know if i should say their name or not but everybody will know what it is it looks like a thumb drive and um they've been criticized over and over again that their technology the wick system all these things are meh yep and anecdotally, I mean, I'm no scientist, but anecdotally, I agree. Yep. It's not that great. What's different about this? That's also what took us two years to launch yeah. is so many iterations, changing the technology. Uh, we ended up, and of course, the whole industry was changing rapidly yeah. at the time, yeah. too. And so we switched to a ceramic core. Um, our blends are high in terpenes. They're very flavor forward. And so that was affecting different components in um, the cartridge um, and the battery as well. Mm-hmm. And so same thing, lots of back and forth yeah. with China and manufacturers, consumer testing, working with making sure that our specific blends burned well yeah. and not too much and that it didn't cut off the flavor, yeah. that we got kind of the right plume and pull is something we talked a lot about. Yeah. Some vapes really like rip at you. And for our... Um, product we really wanted kind of a healthy balance because that's the demographic too. exactly right? it's yeah. like don't really want it to be overwhelming at the end of the day i want people to be to have agency over their cannabis experience mm-hmm. um smoking the plant instead of the, the plant smoking them so the hardware is one piece but because you've done this all in one unit you have to work with all kinds of fillers, right? That's that's where it's from, or you're making this no, oil? No, yeah, just us. We focused, just, yeah, single source uh, farm and Interesting. partner. Interesting. Yep. And in the future, if you make a non-disposable, would you expect to work with other fillers, or this is only a, this is totally vertically integrated? No, yeah. we would consider it. You know, we have five pages of manufacturing standards, um, but I find the industry changes so quickly, so I'll never say never. Yeah. Um, and I also find more and more great, smart partners coming into the space, setting up infrastructure. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about the idea of, you know, further innovation. and. But like a collab? Like, are you going to have, you know, like a Basito and Jungle Boys? Is that coming? You know, no. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to connect you or? Yeah, no, I'm just, that'd be cute. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, it is very cool. You have achieved that 100%. And I like Thank the you. way it feels in my hand. Um, tell me about the oil that's inside of it. Yep. So they're all two to ones. They're 40%. They're all two to one. Yes. Okay, very cool. They're 40% THC and 20% CBD. Uh-huh. So that's pretty low in THC yeah. and pretty high in CBD yeah, yeah, versus yeah. Yeah. Um, the market. No fillers, no additives, no vitamin E acetate. Um, 
all natural and then high in terpenes, about 20% plus. Uh -huh. And then of course the rest is just natural plant and matter. the extraction method, is there anything proprietary there or? It's CO2. CO2, mm -hmm. distillate. Yep, yeah. ratioed. And have you had requests for like full spectrum type stuff and like yeah. sauces or resins? Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. I th we are, we're considering all kinds of different cool. things like that, especially cool. this year where different extraction methods, flavor profiles, potentially hemp CBD. Uh -huh. um, so we are in a, we are setting up the hard way in a way that'll be easier to innovate sure. on the oil side. Very cool. More options. So you get this design, you set up the manufacturing and everything. This takes money. Yes. Right. Um, tell me about that history. Did, when did you start raising? How much have you raised so far? Don't, tell me that story. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. It always is. So when I started the company in 2017, early 2017, um, had to raise right away. I wish I wish I didn't, but mm -hmm. that's how mm -hmm. it is. And no family friend around. You, did you? We put did money into bring it? some family and friends. Yeah. I didn't have any money, um, and. But it was really hard, honestly, to find not just cannabis investors, but cannabis investors who believed in design and brand sure. and consumer um, the way that I come from consumer packaged goods and really saw how cannabis was heading that way. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, you know, a year before rec, the rec market, it was a lot of uh cultivation dispensary licensing roll-up i totally get it and yeah. brand was kind of more this x factor foundational yeah. exactly mm -hmm. um so it was hard but we found amazing investors some friends and family some kind of healthcare folks interesting um people that did value design and so um took a while but we were lucky and yeah. we raised uh two million then and uh -huh. that got us through a few years of the laws changing, the licensing, the compliance supply chain, the hardware, and launch. Yeah. And yeah. then um, a, about a year ago, raised another million mm -hmm. um, to launch the product and a mm -hmm. few more. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how long is that going to last you? That'll be at least a year. A more. Year. Yeah. It's been about two years. You must not pay yourself anything. <laughs> I keep it very lean. Yeah, Small team must. of three. Yeah. Um, we... We, I really believe we know what we're great at, and then we partner on the other parts of the supply chain and distribution, and all, and just focus on being excellent at consumer insights, product development, sales, and marketing. Uh huh. So and, you've raised three all time. Yes, and that sec and raising a year ago now, so that was. 2019 and it was a whole different world not only were there cannabis funds there were cannabis funds dedicated to brands um which was would have been crazy two years prior and actually i brought in a lot of um just regular consumer funds sure. who are in warby parker away glossier because i think about this as just a best-in-class consumer product we happen to have a schedule one drug in there mm -hmm. um but it was great to bring in uh, people from New York, actually, I couldn't speak to anyone in New York in 2017, but this year you could tell the tides are changing. And how about being a woman going through that process? What's your experience? Yep, that is a big factor. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. There's um, bias. There's challenges from, you know, not enough women in VC. Um, but the narratives are all out there, right? And they all have a lot of truth to them. Um, but how about you like going through, you know, I mean, you had to meet with a hundred middle-aged white dudes mm -hmm. 
How did they view you? How did that go? It was tough. There were really tough moments, ridiculous questions that I know men wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. Moments where I greet them and they thought I was, you know, a, an executive assistant. Mm-hmm. And and then when I ex- introduced myself, kind of the shock. Um, and honestly, there were kind of like some unsafe things. Trying like, you're just, also young. So that's a, Thank a double. You. Thank that's you. That's a double. Um, people who wanted to meet at 11 p.m. at a club to talk yeah. about things. And so a so, lot of boundaries So here's crossed. a weird thing about that. You're right. It's totally weird. But the thing is, guys invite me to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't try to have sex with me, right? And so it's kind of this weird balance of like you, like he may not want to try to be weird. They know? invite you there to pitch your business? Absolutely. Like all kinds of bit. Like when I was in Vegas for MJ Biz, I had so many meetings in places and at times that like I shouldn't discuss on this show. And yeah, like I, because guys are like that and kind of gross and like, it's not fair. You know, it's not like a fair thing, but yeah, it's weird. It's such a weird walk. Line I know walk, what you right? mean. Yeah. And I've had lots of fun meetings too, but especially when it's the first time I meet someone, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've just had to. Stay I think it's smart. I think it's smart. I just interesting how you've had to sort of walk that line. Definitely. Right? Yeah. And on the flip side, of course, I think there are benefits to raising as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a bit of a magnifying glass on it now. And because mm-hmm. these numbers are so crazy and we're trying to change them. Um, and I found investors who I think believed in me, especially for um maybe more feminine traits of creating culture and running a yeah. team. And I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't say it's an advantage today, um, but I do think there is a trend at the moment. And you've heard like Kevin O'Leary say he only invests in women and you know, like all these things. And look, I, I know a lot of great entrepreneurs, men, women, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I think like the narrative it could be spun in a positive today, right? Like for sure. Absolutely. And especially because we're making consumer products and the landscape was so masculine. And I wanted to bring this brighter sort of feminine. We, I do, this is not weed for women. We, men and women actually buy Besito equally. We show men and women equally, but you know, it's a little more feminine. What about in the gay community? Yep. Um, we have, we, we have queer, um, leaders at our company we've done a lot with pride and i think there is a lot of overlap in that kind of bright beautiful because that's actually what i find over and over again is in the brands that quote unquote were for women it's not like that at all like but it does tend to include a lot of lgbtq Plus. Yep. I, I got that right. And we, we've also activated in the community a lot. We've done a lot about pride. We did a percent uh-huh. of proceeds to the, L, the LA LGBT Center. Yeah. Um, we actually hosted a dinner for queer folks in cannabis. Okay. We show queer folks in our imagery, uh-huh. our models uh-huh. um, in our shoots. Which is beautiful. Thank the work you. that you've done is really, really nice. You were telling me about the photographer that you used. Yeah. yeah. And so I think partly because of our kind of high focus on design and very intentional um, outreach and messaging to these communities. They have been a large part, the LGBT community in particular, um, of our like earliest adopters. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
I, th- I can think of so many similar brands to yours. Not not similar in design, but similar in sort of that ethos, right? And like, I hope that that class of company survives. I do too. I really hope, especially in this industry. Because like, this is the cannabis industry, right? Yeah. Like, I know you're trying to do the next thing, which you should be, right? I mean, you're, you're looking for growth, but like this sort of culture and acceptance and community like that is the weed industry yeah and i say on the show all the time that like there's a fight for the soul of the cannabis industry right Absolutely. now right and like there's the private equity new york suits coming in like they don't know anything <laughs> they just like think it's a crop you know and, and but it's very interesting and we, we have to continue to walk this line because well we're going to get to your history but i mean you went to stanford you are the institution in so many words, right? Like you're the man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like you're the man in other ways too, but for now you're, <laughs> you're the man. And um, I mean, how do you walk that line? I mean, that's tough, right? Like some, what I'll affectionately call weed people, they just will never accept somebody that's like from a background like that, right? How, how have you dealt with that? Yeah, it's interesting because my whole career, I've... Um, kind of be- being between capitalism, sales. Yeah. This is, of course, a business, a venture-backed business, and that is our uh, fiduciary duty. Mm-hmm. The same pa- time, I really believe you can do business well mm-hmm. um, and build it into your business model, and especially with cannabis, I actually think it's a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually what brought me into it, not only my love for cannabis, um, but the opportunity to build um, and lead with values. And so sustainability, we also um, work with Equity First Alliance. Okay. And 1% of all of our proceeds go to them, a nonprofit partner that's working towards um, repairing the harms caused by the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And then also we're actively working on building an equitable cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. So every vendor we pick, every supply chain partner, hiring, um, really make sure that we're bringing especially people of color who have been most impacted by the war on drugs and there's still millions of black and brown men in jail for doing what we get to do here and so i really think um it's on us as the legal industry who's now profiting off of this to acknowledge and repair the past and work on making it equitable now and how do middle-aged white dudes feel about that some are, agree with me. Um, and what you just said is amazing, right? And I believe that in the world too. But if I put my investor hat on, it's like, okay, but like, are you making money? You know? And, yes. and I think like that's a balance that you've already talked about a little bit, but it's so hard. Every yeah. day it's so hard because in this industry, and I, I constantly am in between the two groups too, right? Like I really do smoke weed all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I know you do too. And, but there's a lot of people that I'm like, hey, like, have you tried that? Like you put a money into that company, you didn't try it? Like if you were investing in wine, wouldn't you like try it? You know? Totally. <laughs> and that's just a weird line that I think is fairly unique to this industry. I agree. Um, and I think the roots of the cannabis, you know, under prohibition, the values are there. It's a plant. 
people are seeking um, medical and physical relief. It's very communal, um, sustainable. I think the last few years, I agree with you, it hasn't been a priority because I think it has been that rush of of capitalism to you know year one of a of a rec market here in California at least. But I do believe, and and I have evidence that this kind of conscious consumerism will continue to grow in cannabis. We are always so happy to hear not only consumers who love what we're about in our mission, but um, bud tenders and buyers and retail. A lot of those folks are young, are diverse, are queer, um, and they don't honestly see enough products that are saying the tough things and more so doing something about it. Um, And so it's been really well received, and I believe it will continue to be not only the right thing to do, but smart for business as well. That's amazing. Can I get a time check? How, How long are we right now? 30. Okay, cool. So I actually think that you're entering what's going to be the trickiest part of that discussion. Because look, I don't want to take anything away from you. Raising $3 million is hard, period. But I think raising the next chunk is even harder. And I think that's going to be directly the questions are like, you know, are your values more important to you than profits? Because there are tough decisions to make in that way every day, right? There really are. Yes and no. No? I mean, like I said, we, I really think you can have values can and return I, significant. I think you can do both. It's hard. That's all I'll say. It's absolutely yeah. hard. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's the leadership challenge that I enjoy. Yeah. Cool. Great answer. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. We live in this crazy cannabis world and i just want to get your take on a couple topics the first one is obvious 2019 was all vape gate all day every day and for a company like you you really feel it right tell me about first of all just how that experience was and what you learned from it yeah i mean it was crazy of course after as i said after two years of r d and and making this beautiful product and making it like i said safe and bringing those standards um about three months after we launched in 2019 vapegate began mm-hmm. um and you know it's it's awful it's tragic dozens yeah. of people died and absolutely it affected our business and but it, we should not overstate it only dozens died well, yes, That's relevant. It is. It is because bans went into effect yeah, immediately, yeah. and gun violence yeah. kills thirty thousand people a year. Uh, how about alcohol? Three million a year. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> you know, we can keep going. All the things I love. I can't point to one of my vices and say, "Well, that did it." You know, that's why I'm unhealthy. That's not fair. Totally, and of course, um, it was conflated with nicotine and flavors and marketing to children as well as of course the real culprit um unsafe ingredients in unregulated vaporizers Mm -hmm. but it really became hysteria where it the message wasn't getting through that this is why um you buy legal this is why you legalize to begin with Mm -hmm. and i think it has now um, the the vape industry in California has bounced almost all the way back. Yeah. 
And in some ways, as, as awful as it's been, I think it needed to happen in that we need consumers demanding safe products. Yep. We need consumers shopping legally if they want to be safe. That is consumer safety is one of the benefits of legalization. Totally, totally. We test, we test twice. We work with biochemists. These aren't 20 year olds in the basement right. in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. And we've been doing it here in California for many years. And so I think that message started to break through in some of the hysteria. Um, and I'm the silver lining to me now is that consumers know to ask for and demand um, ingredients and testing standards and COAs. And we should only be consuming, especially in our, in our lungs, yeah. safe products. And yep. that's what legalization um, creates. Well, hopefully that narrative is the one that saves us all because maybe this is too pessimistic, but we're failing as a cannabis industry right now. And I hope that the bulk of cannabis consumers in California that are now buying from the illicit market realize that there are other important drivers than price. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And there's other, there's good things out there. You know, there's flower co out there. Like there's a lot of cool D to C stuff that's coming up. Like you can find your home and just think about, you know, like, if you want to put that kind of stuff in your body, right? That's, it's relevant. And exactly. like, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've smoked plenty of legal weed in my life. You know, everybody has. We but, had to. But like, we had to. Yeah. <laughs> but like today, we don't have to if you live in the right location. And we are blessed to live in the right location at the right time. You know, I don't know. I think about that pretty deeply. Like, I know it's more expensive, but so what? You know? But you live. You live. Yeah. And, and you can feel good about it. And I like going to... Uh, the manufacturing places and seeing them pack it. And I like coming here and I mean, obviously everybody doesn't get to do this, but you know, hopefully they watch the show and they get a feeling for who you are and why you do this and why they should trust you with their lungs. That's yep. what they're doing. Exactly. They're basically saying like, Hey, I want to get a little high, but I'm, you know, it's my lungs. Like, please, yep. please be nice. You know? Yep. Yeah. And this might be a stretch for most consumers, but the, the reality is the taxes are being very well repurposed and yep. it's fueling all kinds of um, great initiatives for children, for health um, here in California. So I'll make another what I think is very unpopular statement. But I think that given the potency of most of the products out there, the fact that they're more expensive right now, not necessarily a bad thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, look. The taxes are a problem because they're currently crippling a lot of companies. And what that's doing is making it so only the big giants can make it, mm -hmm. which in the end is very bad for consumers, mm -hmm. right? Just like any monopoly, any, you know, anti-competitive nature. Um, but with that said, with that said, you have to spend more. You have to pay the money to have something safe to put in your body. You just do. Like, that's just the truth. But know? not in line with potency. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that people are spending a lot of money, even in the illicit market, mm -hmm. to buy a lot of cannabis. Mm -hmm. And what I would argue is that they should spend more and buy less and get good things. Got it. That are quality. And yes, they happen to be very strong. Yeah. In which point, like, 
you don't need that much. And right. so they should stop thinking like, oh, how many like THC milligrams am I getting per dollar here? Right. And more like, well, do I like this brand? Do I like where it comes from? Do I like how I feel? Do I like how it tastes? Like exactly. Reevaluate the experience. And know? that's a chicken and an egg because yeah. the reason you pay more and don't only think about it as a commodity is the brand, whether that's the manufacturing, the, the provenance, the variety of reasons that it resonates with you. Um, but that's kind of where we are, where there yeah. really is not a lot of brand loyalty in cannabis There's right so now. Little. There's so little, yeah. and it's like, it's largely about price. Um, and I think also it's that kind of hardcore, um, original cannabis consumer who's yep. still the majority of the market. Yep. Um, and that's, that's, they've been buying weed for years and, and so it's hard. I mean, every day in California, you really have a decision like, okay, I'm going to go to the dispensary and buy a $60 eighth or my homie who I've known for 10 years is going to come over to my house. And in some cases, unfortunately, it's still the same cannabis because yeah. cultivators don't know what to do either. Yeah. Right. And it's like 30 bucks. Yep. And if you if money is tight like that's a real decision you know it just is the other thing i've noticed kind of in between with yeah. with the with the unregulated illicit illicit shops yeah. especially here in southern california a lot of these consumers don't actually know they've been going they to the know. shop for five ten years and they don't aren't, nece oh aren't necessarily privy to did the owners get the licensing so outrageous and yeah. like i uh, one got raided very close to my house recently. I didn't even know it was there. And I was looking it up on Google and I'm reading the reviews. Five stars. Everyone loves it. Great selection. This and that. And then great prices. They don't even charge taxes. And it's like, <laughs> you That's know what? Hilarious. We live and breathe it every day, yeah. but not all consumers know. They don't they've, know. Especially if they've been they? in the behavior already for they? many years. And this is partly fault of just legal, of just legislation yes, we've created such a bottleneck of how you can acquire this plant mm -hmm. we've said it's legal but you can only get it from such small places that this is bound to happen right mm -hmm. what about the d to c stuff you you could be a very prime candidate for kind of something like that right somebody that identifies with you and absolutely yeah. um right now we partner really closely with ease mm -hmm. obviously not D to C, but delivery. Yeah. Um, and it does allow it's us, close, it's close in that. I think what you're saying is we reach our end consumer mm -hmm. in the media at our events, um, through our digital channels, and then they can order it yeah. within a few minutes yeah. and not, you know, have to go into a dispensary, yeah. especially for someone who's never been to a dispensary before and feels uncomfortable even passing it's them. That's yeah, weird. Um, so I do think that will be a, a great channel for us. So, you don't have to say too much, but every brand that I know that worked with Ease for a long period of time, well, let's just say um, it didn't necessarily work to their benefit. And it is a great marketing boost. I get that. I see it kind of like a Groupon. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see Ease. Is that how you see it in so many words? Is it a, a marketing sort of a loss leader like that? Or how do you view Ease? It's been a great launch platform for uh -huh. us because yeah. of that of 
um, reaching that new consumer. Yeah. Um, certainly the economics are tougher, yeah. but I, and to your Groupon point, they have definitely trained consumers on their discounts and deals. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. now the ease um, user expects that. Yeah. Um, and it's creating a lack, well, maybe it's creating loyalty to ease, but not to any brands. And we've done a ton of marketing with Ease though. Like we have a ton of billboards okay. in LA that yeah. are Besito buy it on Ease. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I really do think we are brand building, cool. not only getting it in the hands of these folks, but even people who aren't on Ease are seeing it, you know, on Sunset and Vine. And so um, they've been good. They've been good partners to us. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, look, Ease has a lot to offer. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how they turn into a vertically integrated company and what that means for nice folks like you. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll all find out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about the black market. You mentioned CBD briefly. Mm -hmm. um, how important is that in the next step of Besito? It's interesting. I mean, we love CBD. It's in our product. It's something we're known for. Yeah. Everything's two to one. Everything's two to one, better together. Um, we, we are focused on THC for now. Um, it's, we love weed and we like the high part. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see the CBD kind of industry mature a little bit. Uh, the FDA news was not great and, and we want, you know, safety standards and regulation. Um, but it's been great, I think, because the word is getting out. People are becoming more educated on CBD. They, they get really it now. Are, yeah. I actually think because of it's on this like regulatory island away from THC, it got its moment to shine mm -hmm. and like it's exploding in New York and London. Yep. And they're so hyped on CBD. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I think the challenge is because they associate it with cannabis, they expect to get high. And that's sort of what started this, like, is it snake oil conversation? Which, of course, it's not. We know the benefits of CBD well, CBD are itself miraculous. is not, um, but there are a lot of companies that aren't great at extracting it. Oh, yeah, and putting seed oil and all <laughs> kinds of awful stuff. But that's but real, you know. Maybe you can answer this question. I was in Sephora with a woman the other day. I don't wear makeup. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't. Uh, and there was CBD mascara. Yeah. Ridiculous. What the fuck is that supposed to do for you? Yeah. No? Nothing. Nothing. No. It's just, yeah. But see, that's such a danger. It is. Because Sephora is like this big brand, right? And like young people yeah. like, like Sephora. And yeah. so they're going in there and they're being tricked. Totally. Tricked, right? I've, I've seen CBD in clothes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, somebody told me that too. Yeah, crazy. It is. It's unfortunate crazy. because, it, you know, with more education and spotlight, then comes more kind of um, opportunistic folks. But that is, of course, detracting from, I think, the important message here. I want to talk about you for just a couple minutes. Okay. We're going to wrap up. I love to talk about the entrepreneur behind the company because at this stage, it, it kind of is you, right? That's that's Absolutely. what people are investing in. So you could have done anything in life you wanted to, looking at your background. I mean, you went to Stanford Business School, right? Um, why why this? I mean, you kind of explained it, but you gave, you know, the, the PR answer. Like, 
why do you want to do this? Thank you for that. Um, I it, it sounds cheesy, but I really felt like I had to. It was kind of like, if not me, then who? And it, it was this perfect storm, I think, of um, I'm from the East Coast. I was in New York for many years working in consumer products, so at Pepsi and Starbucks. I joke I've been selling drugs my whole career. but yeah, I, I have that in my notes, but I'll, <laughs> I was going to give you that joke. I I but I really believe that. If any, you know, sugar, caffeine, cannabis, um, and cannabis has certainly been my favorite mm-hmm, for most mm-hmm. of my life. And then I came out to California um, in 2014 and just opened my eyes at the the end of this very sophisticated $3 billion medical market. So obviously, and could tell, you know, legalization was was on the horizon. So obviously this incredible business opportunity, that's obvious. Mm -hmm. But then um, from a kind of passion, I'm passionate about design and brands and consumer insights. And I was just so excited. I really think cannabis is such a juicy space it for sure like is, yeah. new design, innovation, and there's still so much to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just excited to bring that. And then lastly, it, it sounds corny, but I mean that the kind of leadership opportunity to help shape an industry. Um, obviously, many have come before me uh, for decades in in getting an activist and getting it to this point, but I still felt like I could help shape what does this um, industry that is 100% for making money, but how can we do it in a way that considers its past, that is inclusive, that is safe? Um, and you know, I was I was going to go work um, at like a media company. And I can do that anytime, yeah, but sure, I really was, it that, was yeah. this incredible um, window of opportunity. Yeah. Of course, it's all been a lot slower than I thought, but things always take longer. Exactly. Um, but nothing lit me up, pun not intended, um, more than that, because it was such an exciting and just the history, the, the misinformation. I was like, people need to know about this plan. I want more access. I want mm-hmm. people to understand like this racist stigma, the the propaganda behind it. Uh, it's it's awful. And so there's a lot of work on us to educate the truth, to make great products uh, and to kind of change the the world's cannabis mm-hmm. consumption. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see why you've been able to raise a bunch of money. You're very you're very you're likable, but you're also very compelling, very convincing. Um, how about your friends and family? So you go to Stanford Business School, <laughs> and then at some point you call home. Did your parents pay for it? No. Did they pay? No, they didn't pay for Stanford School. Okay. Well, that makes it a little easier. And you say, hey, I'm going to start a vape company. And what do they say? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was like 28 and I was for the first time like they didn't know I even liked weed. Really? Mm-mm. Wow. So I'm like, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Connecticut. Okay, well, there you start there. Deep prohibition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had never really even talked about weed, wow. much less at 28 and graduating from Stanford. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they were very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely, un, you know, this is unsure. Yep. Yeah. yeah, this was 2016. 
I had spent a lot of business school um, diving into the industry, going to meetups, going to dispensaries, trying all the products, as ridiculous as it sounds, calling mm-hmm. everybody that I knew, pulling the student card. Um, but you I thought- You and JJ O'Brien. Yeah, exactly. I, JJ was one of them. <laughs> I mean, he called literally everyone. Yeah. Because I was kicking around research and stuff, figuring out then, and like, yeah. Everybody I met was like, yeah, have you met JJ? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was kind of a passion project, like yeah. intellectual curiosity, love for weed. Mm-hmm. And by the end, graduation approaching, I was like, no, I got to do this. I got to make this my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, they were surprised. Yeah. But they definitely came around. Um, they understood the opportunity. And, and now I think it's you know it's changed when it's like fun for them now and they t- laugh totally. about it at dinner parties and so for me it went from supportive. like you could be in any industry you want brandon like why this to like actually my friend was asking like if you know if you had any investment opportunities for him like it's totally changed. exactly everyone's grandma's <coughs> using cbd and, and now they're excited so how do you think having a business in the cannabis industry has changed your personal relationship with cannabis I mean, it's changed dramatically in that if you think about, you know, being 15 on, um, I always loved weed way more than booze, but I, I couldn't control my consumption. It was kind of like, I would hope to find a dude smoking a joint at the end of the party and like follow my nose and find my people. And and it shouldn't have to be so hard. And so for years, I just kind of was just like a lovely surprise mm-hmm. and then moved to California. And it's this really beautiful, empowering thing to have control over your experience, to know what dosing is, mm-hmm. to know what strain you're smoking. And not only that, but the proliferation of methods. So if I need a CBD topical for pain, if I feel like smoking a joint, if I just want a little edible when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yep. And it's a whole different ball game from totally the different. way we grow up. Um, and as, as far as having a company <coughs> myself. Um, so are you uh, a daily? But pretty daily. I also started growing myself. Me too. Um, about a year and a half ago. And so. Well, I started about six weeks ago. Nice. It's going I'll have to well. compare notes. Yeah. So just learning that side of it uh-huh. and the plant. It also means I have a lovely supply. Yeah. Um, so. And I've just had to be more intentional about it because now it's available all the time. I make sure that it's an intentional practice um, and having kind of what I want depending on my need. Like joints, like bongs. I mean, besides besides your own product. Visito's my favorite when I'm out. It's good when I'm having, especially because of the low ratio, I love it when I'm also having a cocktail or some wine because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need 95% yeah. THC in those Oh, well, moments. you sold me on the two, one, two to one. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I, I like flowers a lot too, but vapes have a sort of a daytime appeal. Yeah. And so two to one discre- is amazing. And discretion, way. of course, if I'm in a bar or restaurant. Yeah, or I a, try to be the loudest one in the room usually, but yeah. that's just me. <laughs> they tell when you I'm like, there's no the music flu. on though. It's just, it's just the weed. Um, but joints at home at the end of the day on my porch is kind of my amazing ceremony. That sounds so nice. This was so nice to sit and talk with you. Thank you for having us here. Um, how can we help you? How can the audience help? Are you hiring for something? Are you, do you want us to watch a documentary? What, what, how can we help? 
Um, we're not hiring at the moment. We just launched merch, so we're selling hoodies and hats, ah, cool. which is fun. Anyone can buy What's that anywhere. Website? Plug the website. Shop.besito.la. Right. Um, and then... And then we're just growing in California. So we're mostly SoCal now. We're looking to get up north. Um, so looking for, for partners up there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. You were so open and honest and generous, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's fun to have you here. See you next time, guys.